Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Coming to you live from the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio. Oaklawn, Arkansas's only casino resort. Now, here's Justin Akery and Wes Moore on the Buzz Radio Network. 20% Need his name up in lights. He just wants to be heard. Whether it's the beat of the mic, he feels so unlike everybody else alone. In spite of the fact that some people still think that they know, but no, he knows the code. It's not about the salary, it's all about reality and making some noise, making a story, making sure his click stays up. That means when he puts it down, Tops picking it up. Let's go. Anyway, he never really talks much Never concerned with status But still even in starstruck Humble through opportunities Given despite the fact That many misjudge him Cause he makes a living From writing rats Put it together himself Got a picture connect Never asking for someone's help But to get some respect He's only focused on what he wrote His will is beyond reach And now it all unfolds Outside of what you see in practice There's also some combo periods Where, you know, Marty Wiggins Has ran with the ones Hacky Strawford's ran with the ones E. Harris uh, Chambly's with the one. So we're getting a good mix of guys to kind of build build that confidence among the group because obviously, you know, as you know, you don't control when somebody goes down. And if they haven't been put in that situation, their confidence is also going to be impacted. So uh, those drills kind of later in practice are time for us to utilize those different combinations, uh, especially along the offensive line, right? Because you got trust uh, among the five guys that are out there that you work next to every day, but you want to fight against the drop-offs when you sub a guy in. Right, or a mishap happens in the game, something along those lines. You want that player coming in to have that same level of confidence of working with those five. So I think we do a really, really good job. Coach Pittman does a good job with emphasis on those periods of, man, every day might not be great. You might lose somebody. What's your next guy up? What's your next combination? Um, and that's really good for us. Uh, and it's really good for the players as well uh, to have that confidence among the group. Okay, 10.08 on a wonderful Wednesday. Thanks for being with us, Westmore, Justin Akery, and the Wizard, Christian Weaver. This is Cody Kennedy talking about the offensive line, a lot of moving parts, and a couple of staples that are in place for Arkansas as we near the start of the season. 17 days from kicking it off at War Memorial Stadium for the Razorbacks. And obviously, we don't have to wait quite that long for college football. I'll probably say that every day. Anyway, tomorrow will be 16 and not that long for college football. So, it'll be here before you know it. Talking about the offensive line quite a bit today. Got a number of other things. Another follow-up to the Or Tui saga. Hmm. And uh, Al Michaels defending his Hall of Fame career for his lackluster performance in his last game last season. So we will uh, get to all that coming up. Speaking of lackluster, Joe Klein is with us from Corky's Barbecue. Just kidding, Joe. How are you, buddy? It's yeah, great I've to see you. Been called worse. <laughs> yeah, by me, to your face. Yes. yes. Well, actually, behind your back. Uh, what's going on? Nothing, man. How are you guys? <laughs> to his belly. Seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> kneecaps. Seventeen days away, buddy. We're excited. Getting ready for the season. Oh, I'm ready. Man, it's it's time. Are you guys Corky's uh, doing any catering out to the stadium on game day? Do you know? We will. I mean, I don't know right now, but people always come by and pick up bulk orders we have, and just head on down. So, I mean, a lot, lot of that goes on. Just, yeah. We need three pounds of pork, three pounds of beef. You know, they, a lot of times they have their other stuff, but mm-hmm. they want to get pieces of chicken or yep. whatever, whatever gotcha. may be the case. Dig it. Well, cool. You guys will be there? i am got a birthday party uh, in northwest Arkansas. So That's terrible timing. Yeah. So... I, I've I've had a hard time. Is it a grandkid? Yeah. Okay. Well, you can't yeah. do anything about that. And they and they take. We're all we're all going uh, up to not on Saturday, but on Sunday we're going to leave and go to up to see the Royals play oh. the Red Sox. Oh, nice. As a he's a he loves baseball, so we're all going up to watch the. He doesn't like Red it's, it's a it's a fan. Fan kid day or something, mm-hmm. they get yeah. to run the bases and do all that stuff. That's great. So, and all his cousins from Kelly might ask him to play. Yeah, well, he, he could probably pitch for him. I could give you that right now. Yeah. Uh, 
But no, he's he's looking forward to it. He loves baseball, so you know that'll be cool. Doesn't like Razorback football yet. Loves Razorback football, but not enough to do the Saturdays. That's a long drive. Yeah. Little Rock, Little Rock to KC. Little Rock to KC is about it's about seven or seven. eight for me. Yeah. No, 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 no. Well, for here, it's, yeah, it's four hundred. It's about four hundred twenty miles. Northwest, so. it's a cakewalk. It's halfway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's half. I mean, it's the same. That trip it's, like, it's like you know, it's halfway between. It's thirds for me. I go to here to Fayetteville. Fayetteville's an accomplishment. Then Fayetteville to Kansas City is an accomplishment. Then I get to Des Moines, and then I'm like, why don't I stop in Kansas City or Fayetteville? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, plenty to get to. We're talking a little bit more about what's going on. Mom, Mom and I may have to. It's kind of our anniversary, so we may go up early. How Ooh. many years are we uh, together now? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> no, we're Maybe going on 37. 37. 37. Yeah. What's the anniversary date? The 30th. 30th? We were married on the 31st. Brilliant minds. Yes. No doubt. It was Labor Day weekend. That's yeah. why we did it. My daughter was born on the 30th, too. How about born that? My, Courtney. Not My the same daughter day. was born on the 28th. See. Not the same day you were married, though. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was the same day. But not the exact same day. It was years later. Let's hope so. Yeah. <laughs> how some people that do would be shotgun, a shotgun wedding. wedding. Yeah, really, really. <laughs> Christian, uh, hurry what's, up. What's your anniversary? Our anniversary is April 16th. And you're coming up on what? What will be next year? Um, what it'll you, be. What year were you born? Six, six years? Yeah. Okay. Um, speaking of baseball, Kevin Copps has been promoted up to AAA, the El Paso Chihuahuas. They're in the Padres organization. The uh, pitcher, 4-3, and 2-6-3 ERA, 33 appearances for the Sod Poodles of Amarillo. Is he still bullpen? Yeah. Okay. Six of eight save opportunities converted, allowed 27 runs, 16 earned on 55 hits, struck out 67 and walked 24, and holding batters to 255 batting average. Now, the reason why I asked that, the, the guy that got promoted to for Seattle, the pitcher. Isaiah Campbell. He's a starter. Was he a starter? No, he's bullpen I guy. It, oh, I thought they, he was a starter at Arkansas, but oh, now he's a bullpen I thought, guy. I thought he was starting at with yeah. Seattle. I think he came in last night or not for last with the bases loaded. Isaiah Campbell and, and got out of the jam. Oh, did a good job. Good I was looking at Cops' numbers last night. Mm-hmm. He has not given up an earned run in the month of August or July. The last time he gave up an earned run was June twenty eighth. Good for him. Thirteen straight appearances without giving up an earned run. That's excellent. Yeah. Yeah, he lowered his ERA to what you said, 2.36, and he's just been, you know, and that part of that's when he came to uh, yeah. North Little Rock and played the Travelers. That's when we interviewed him and talked to him, and he, he told us he, the one of the big changes he, he made was to quit tinkering. He said, I'm a tinkering a tinkering guy, and I'm always trying to uh, improve something, and sometimes when you try to improve something, you mess it up, and you lose it. And he said, I finally realized I've got the stuff. You know, I don't have to get better stuff. I've got the stuff to yeah. get guys out. Now, just use that stuff and get them out. It's not news to us. We've seen him get guys yeah, out for a long time. Say, yeah. um, Joe is here. We appreciate him. Coming up at the bottom of this hour, we're going to hear from Brett Bielema, the head coach at Illinois, former Razorback coach, about the passing of Alex Collins. And, uh, you know, I was going back through the Democrat Gazette, did a nice job of, and again, it's not a fun job, but of uh, talking about the losses this year. It has been an, an incredibly difficult period of time for the folks connected to the Razorback family. I mean, you lost, you know, Charles Ballantyne, Ricky Norton in basketball. Um, former offensive lineman Brian Wallace died at age 26 uh, last year. Bryson Manor passed away recently at 70. Um, we know about Ryan Mallett and then um, and obviously the, the latest one. Then they also had a recruit. Deion Stutz. Yeah, 18-year-old that died. So, and of course, the, the near miss with Peyton Hillis, and they also pointed out Quincy McAdoo. I mean, obviously that story mm. could have finished or worked worse. out a lot worse, but uh, still hopeful he comes back. But the good news is he's he's alive. So go back a couple more years, and you, you have Mitch Petras. Yeah, that's right. Away. Chris Leroy. Smith passed away this Chris year, Smith, too, right? Yeah. yeah, missed that one. Yep. A couple years. Leroy Sutton too. I mean, mm-hmm. about three, four years ago. So I'm sure a lot of programs go through this, but I mean, to have so many young guys, um, you know pass away is, is uh, very out of the ordinary, but uh, we'll hear from Coach about Alex and, you know, the crazy recruiting story, his memories of him as a man and also as a player, so we'll get into that and we'll talk a little football with him as well, so anyway, I appreciate him carving out some time. I know he's obviously very busy getting his team ready for the fall so that's good. I mean, it's hard to get us sometimes coaches that are connected to the state of Arkansas still on the air, let alone a guy that no longer works around here, so who, big, pull, who pulled that off? Well, big props to Richard Davenport. Yep. Um, he, he still has a good relationship good. with Coach Bielema, and he texted him for us. 
and asked if he'd like to come on. And uh, we were trying to do this yesterday, and and, and Coach Bielema showed Richard his schedule, and it was just they were meeting with yeah. NFL scouts. They were had tape practice, or uh, they were watching video, and then they were going straight into practice. There was no time whatsoever. And Richard said, "Hey, I understand. Thank you." And then Coach Bielema texted Richard back out of the blue and said, "I can do it 9:30 in the morning if they can do it." And that that showed me a lot. Him, that, that, that Absolutely, with man. his busy schedule, yeah. it would. Be, and he was like, "No, I can't do it. Here's my schedule. Sorry." Yeah. And left it alone for him to come back and say, "You know what? I can do it tomorrow morning at 9:30." Man, good for him. Yeah, I thought that was that was a class act. Very much. I've always been a big fan of uh, Coach Bielema's, and obviously things didn't work out the way any of us had hoped while he was here. Uh, but there were certainly some good moments, and you know there were some. Some record book uh, performances with especially Alex Collins and others mm-hmm. that played under Coach Bielema over the years. So it was fun. I liked I liked their efforts at bully ball. It worked at times for sure, but obviously they didn't win as much as anybody had hoped. Joe, I don't know if you've been covering or following the saga of the Tuies against Michael Orr. Oh. It is so disappointing. We went on and on about it yesterday, but now the latest thing that came out is that they are saying that he was trying to shake him down for $15 million. It is amazing to me. This is as bad as you could have imagined it going. I mean, this has gone as far south as I possibly could have ever imagined. When you you hear that, the first thing you go is, please don't let that be true. Right. I mean, you just... You just hope that's not true. I mean, I I hope it's... I mean, I just hope it's not true. that's, That's awful. I mean, just... And it's it's sad that, you know, as a family... I mean, work it out, man. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, work it out. I mean, if you're as close or you love each other, hey, I mean, I've done it with my kids and my parents and stuff. Hey, I got a problem with this. You know, I'm hearing this or, you know, you know, I, I'm, I think I'm entitled to this or whatever. And, mm-hmm. you, and you work it out, man. But to, to blast it on on uh, media... Is you know you just hope people are better than that, right? You know, and I'm not taking sides or anything, but man, you just you would hope a family would have enough respect for each other to where they would not put each other through this. That's what we talked about yesterday. Is clearly there has not been a, a maintenance of the relationship <laughs> since then, and so you know we knew initially that Orr was not a huge fan of the movie, or at least the way that it was portrayed. And maybe we're finding out more about why he was actually upset. It may not have been the portrayal; it may have been about the money. At the end of the day. Um, it is a unique situation, though, and I, again, I think, you know, I, I want to believe their heart's in the right place when this thing started and that they were trying to do good, and, you know, not everybody that knows you knows this, that you guys have, you know, it's not exactly the same situation, but you guys uh, helped a young man out that needed some, you know, needed a little bit of help, and you guys brought him into your family, basically, and I know you consider him oh, yeah. a family member, for sure. The North Dukes. Yep. Great, great kid, great, you know, just a good dude. Yep. You know, we were blessed to have him, and, you know, and I mean... It's a little different. He didn't go play in the NFL, and there was no right, TV right. story or movie made out of it or right. book. But, <laughs> well, no. but I mean, again, I think you know. Again, I think the same thing. I mean, I want to believe that. I know you guys were. Your hearts were in the right place, and you know, you want to help a kid out that needed it. I want to believe that the Tuies were in the same same boat. They obviously didn't need to try to profit off of him with the again, money they were making. I can't see that because, I mean, now again, my knowledge is from the movie, Wes. So mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm not might make a statement here that. But you'll fit right they, in. They, yeah, they didn't know. Um, I mean, they didn't know he was going to be that when they took him in. To my knowledge, no. I mean, he, he was a junior at that time. I read. He, and he was. I mean, was he, he was being noticed and, and recruited, and he was thought of being a, a good player. But no one can know as a junior yeah. in high school that this guy's going to blow up, blow like up, be an NFL player, first round pick. You know, you, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. It, that's kind of a silly argument. Did he he transferred over to the school that was a Briarcrest or whatever it was called, or was he already there, on some kind of I, I'm not, situation? I don't know. I'm not going to. I'm not going to guess. I'm not sure. I have no idea. I don't know if he grew up in that school the whole time, or it was a case where he was at another school and then came there. I I don't know. Because I mean, his his fam- the kids had familiarity with the kid. Yes, they had familiarity with Mike. Yeah. So I'm assuming it's because they were in school together. Yes. I don't know when he <laughs> got in the movie. He was at school. Yes. So right. you can take that for what it's worth, but I mean... Anyway, the shakedown is pretty significant claim. 
I was thinking about this uh, this morning. You know, one of his uh, allegations is that uh, you know Mrs. Tui made a lot of money off of the movie, even if you don't talk about royalties for the movie or whatever. Yeah. I know that's a source of argument, but he's saying speaking engagements, uh, she, her book. <coughs> she made a lot of money. Yeah. You know what? He has too. He got a lot of fame off of this. How many left tackles do you know in the NFL? Who's the Saints' left tackle? Mm-hmm. Who's the Cowboys' left tackle? Well, it used to be Taron Armstead. Yeah. yeah, I know but for a long time, but it was because of the Saints. Yeah, it is tough. <laughs> but we don't know. I mean, left tackles you don't know in the NFL. If you we know Lyman, Michael, yeah, if we you know all knew Michael Orr because of this movie, and now he's got two books out. You think they're selling because he was a good left tackle? No, no it's, it's because of, of the movie. Sure, you're right. So you know that's that's being hypocritical. He's he's profited off of this. It's made his name bigger. Uh, to just common NFL fans, people knew who he was because of the movie. Yeah, and he was he was a good offensive line lineman in the NFL. He wasn't a great. No, he's not a Hall of Famer or anything. Ten to fifteen years. I mean, he played a long time. Yeah, he, he did. Mm. I mean, not that. Uh, I think what I looked it up yesterday made eight, maybe eight years. Eight years. Oh, eight. Oh, yeah. but still thirty-six million in eight years. Hey, he's getting a pension. Yeah, yeah. he made plenty well, of money. He had a good career, not a great career. Thirty-six million. Yeah. Hello. Mm-hmm. I think you you should be all right. Well, here's the deal. Since they've already shattered my image of this whole scenario, this you know this feel good story. Now I just want to see blood and guts in the courtroom. Let's get to it. I mean, let's get after it. Mm. I hope not. I mean, I hope that would be to me that'd be tragic. Well, he wouldn't have brought the suit if he didn't feel strongly about his position. They clearly are defending and saying they're trying mm-hmm. to be shaken down. I don't know if there's going to be a settlement or not. This could be good drama. Yeah. Anyway. Now we want to get to the bottom of it. Let me get Michael in here. Michael, welcome. Oops. Sorry. Michael, try that again. (coughs) Is he there? Still don't hear him. Michael. Michael. Try again, Michael. You can call us again. 661-1037. The uh, text line is open. That is also at 661-1037. And Asher Record Live Fan Feedback. Also available through our Listen Live button. Okay? Yeah. Um, let's see here. His daughter's off to school. I mean, he's, he's an emotional wreck. I was, but you know what? She got checked into the dorm yesterday, and they uh, started sending pictures and stuff. It is unbelievable. Oh, I, I haven't been there yet. Oh, oh. Like, her dorm uh, it, uh, room is just this huge glass wall, huge windows. Looking and at it, it, it looks out, no. not at the ocean, but, I mean, yeah. it's palm trees everywhere. There's a beach volleyball court right outside her yeah, window. Well, when, the cafeteria, when she Allison walks said the it's, cafeteria, like, it's like a resort. Yeah. She said it was like eating at a five-star resort. Yeah, so I think it. Brooklyn's feeling a no. lot better about leaving everybody behind and... Uh, uh, her sadness is starting to uh, turn. Oh, she's good. How long has she been out there? <laughs> two, two. Well, oh. one day. One day. Oh, she's good, man. <laughs> <laughs> she, she until she she was struggling until she kind of pulled up and said, "Oh, I'm going to be here for four years. Let's see if I can get a summer job." <laughs> Kev, Kev has got a question here. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts on Porzingis? I love him. I think he's a. I think he's a great fit for them I don't I, I I like he's a modern day big man he can I think when he's healthy now this that's the whole mm-hmm. here we go again but I thought he was a I thought the Mavs gave up on him too soon in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, I like the fit there with uh, Doncic mm-hmm. I can never say that guy's name but I thought he you know he's a very good defender he he's he, uh, protects the rim well. He's a good the modern day center. You can roll to the rim and throw it up to him uh, and he can shoot the three. And he, he's got a little bit of skill. He can put the ball on the floor. Good passer. I think when he's healthy, he's a he's a great fit for the Celtics because I think he gives them an outlet. I think you saw in the playoffs with Boston Jalen Brown or Tatum pounding the ball trying to be playmakers too much was problematic. They they were high they had a high turnover ratio, especially Brown, uh, in certain games and I think they he gives them somebody they can throw it to, maybe do some cutting, moving, take a little pressure off the the ball off of Brunson and, and pounding the ball and, and maybe get a little better ball movement. But I also like the fact that I think he gives them somebody at the rim. I mean, they were playing Horford at center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he's not a rim protector. So now yeah. I think they got a, maybe a little better rebounder, a little more length, rim protector. Uh, again, health is the always been the thing with that's that do but if he can stay healthy i think it's a great addition the celtics are the second favorite behind the nuggets at oaklawn nuggets are the favorites to win the title coming up the season at plus 450 then the celtics and the bucks at 550 he quietly had his best season in the nba yeah, last he year did. yeah he played 65 games which yep. is the most games he's played since his second season in the league and he averaged 23 points eight rebounds one and a half blocks i mean i, I was I and he did. shot uh I believe 39 percent from three yeah. On five and a half attempts. I mean, again, um, I, and, and Washington's just—you know—they're always blowing it up and rebuilding. But I mean, well, again, the yeah. problem with them is they never completely yeah. blow it up. But now they have. So. Yeah. Let me get Savage in here. What's up, Savage? What's up, fellas? Hey, Joe, talk about Harden real quick. You know, but you don't get to like somebody that's in the organization, so you just—you're not going to show up anymore, and you're not going to play. And talk about Harden's situation. I'll get off here. I'm Team Harden on this one. Well, you're wrong. Okay, so let me let me tell you this right now. I wouldn't have him on my team for anything. And and his his evaluation of himself right now. There's two words you got to know. Okay. Take and want. There's a lot of teams out there that will take James Harden and Damon Lillard. How many teams want them? And when I say want. Is Miami Heat going to give up Bam out of bio for uh, for Lillard? Absolutely no. not. Will they give him Tyler Hero? They'll take him for Tyler Hero. Mm-hmm. Damn right they will. <laughs> you know, and that's and that's and that Harden too. Harden getting up there uh, saying, you know, he's a lie. I mean, first of all, give me the GM's name again. I'm sorry, Daryl Morey. Daryl Morey. Were they together in Houston too? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they he, had a good relationship. He he blew. I mean, he's. This is like his third marriage. At some point, you got to go. It's me. It's not you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But he keeps saying it's you. Mm-hmm. It's you. I mean, he blew up Houston. He blew up Brooklyn. And guess who? You know, bailed him out of Brooklyn. You know, in that fiasco, mm-hmm. his Darryl guy Daryl Moore. Now, the whole problem here is we don't know. That you got a little he say she said. You know, he might have said. Come to Brooklyn. I'll take care of you. I'll get you a max extension. You don't know what promises were made. And then after he's looked so bad against the Celtics in five of the seven games, he looked putrid. You know, maybe the owner came down and said, we ain't giving him a max deal. You know, that ain't that ain't happening. And so now Maury's hands are tied and saying, look, you know, I can give you this or that. I don't understand why they don't, they don't come out and kind of do – what they did with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving got like three years at thirty million. Yeah, he got a good contract. Yeah, but I mean, he didn't get a super max or yeah. a max deal. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm surprised now. And maybe, maybe Philadelphia said, "Hey, we'll do this." And you don't you don't know all those things behind the thing. But again, I, I think he's a. You're not going to win a championship with him. It's it's not going. And he his delusion. When he was saying he they, that he was going to go back to Houston, why would Houston take a guy like him on a team that's full of young, talented players and put that dude in the middle of them? I mean, again, I don't think he's a bad dude, but I think he's he's difficult to play with because he's got to have the ball. Right. If he don't have the ball, and and again, I think he's made a transformation. His assist numbers when he went to Brooklyn and he's stuff. He's a great point guard. Yeah, but again, I I I, I think he's past his prime and to give him four or five years at high money the last three years of that deal you'll be you'll be okay so regardless of his play ability to play why are you team harden when it comes to relationship with maury what exactly is he alleging the maury didn't didn't do for him last offseason he took a pay cut (laughs) so they could sign free agents and the thought was they had a deal that he would get that money back on the back end well maury didn't give him the money so he said okay i want to trade he could have opted out, though. Why didn't he opt out? He could have opted out, but then he would have to sign. Nobody wanted him. No (laughs) team had the money to sign him. So he was like, okay, I'll opt in, and we'll trade you. Well, let me tell you right there. If teams wanted him, they would have found the money. Again, it's take and want. Do you want him? We're going to find the money for you. We're going to trade guys. We're going to do things because we want you. Will Will we take 
Tyler Hero for you or, you know, somebody like that. And you take ours and we'll take yours and we'll see how it works out. And that's I think that's where he's at right now. I think he's having a hard time. Well, he's going to make $30 million this year. Yeah. There's not going to be many people feel sorry for him. No. I think he's making 36, 36 well, million. So, I mean, a sign and trade is beneficial to both parties. And then well, they cut off they cut off trade talks in the weekend. So that's why he's upset because well, he thought uh, he was going to get traded. Well, the bottom line is he's still good enough with Maxi and Embiid. If he if he plays, I mean, they're capable of making some noise. I'm not saying he, I'm not saying he's a garbage player by any means. I'm not. I don't want to get you know. I don't. I don't. Yeah, like, he's a 2010 guy. Right, but he's awful putrid on the defensive end. I mean, he gives you nothing defensively. He's, he's not he's, as bad at defense. He's awful. Be, he's, you're not watching because he's <laughs> awful. He doesn't yeah. care and he's awful. And He used to be. He's, he's bad, man. Just just trust me, he's bad. That's but, one of those things where it's hard to uh, lose your reputation. Cause no, but I mean, it, NBA's not a defensive game. I mean, we can, we can have that conversation about 60 guys. I mean, so I mean, I'm not holding him to that, but again, I mean, he just to me, he's he's not a difference maker anymore. He's a, he's a third. He's if he's your I third if he's your third guy, you got he can be all right. But he he thinks you know, he's a difference maker and and you know, and I think I think Dame Lillard is I don't know, he's a different he's a better I he, like him better, he's but he's one or two. But, I mean, I think they're, you know, you just, people don't want them. They'll, mm-hmm. Again, they'll, they'll take them, but they don't want them. I see what you're saying. Uh, i got to hit a break here. And uh, as we do, I want to remind you that our friends at Max Prairie Wings are here getting ready for fall. And if you want to get out in the woods as a bow hunter, best option is to get to Max Prairie Wings. If you're ready to take your hunting game to the next level, set your sights on the ultimate bow build available at Max Prairie Wings. Got the best model bows from Elite and Matthews, Hoyt and Bear all in one place. And they also have all the high-quality accessories you know and expect and want under one roof or online at maxpw.com. They also can help build your dream bow, get it exactly the way you want it, proper fitting, proper tuning, make sure you're locked and loaded for success. And they also get the next to the next level with custom-made arrows tailored specifically to match your unique hunting style don't waste your time with anything less than the best give yourself a great chance for success out in the woods this fall with max prairie wings let them build you a bow that guarantees you some success that's what you want maxpw.com or stop by and see him in stuttgart it's max prairie wings where passion meets precision happy hunting we're back with brett bielema on the other side stay tuned Listen for Birthday Trivia in the Zone, brought to you by Elia's Mexican Grill. Headed to the hill, take exit 108 from either direction for award-winning Mexican food made fresh every day. Elia's in Moralton. This is Sports Center. A lot of people thought former Florida Gators quarterback Anthony Richardson would have to wait his turn to become a starting quarterback in the NFL. That is not the case. He'll get the start. The Indianapolis Colts head coach Shane Steichen announced on Tuesday that this year's fourth overall pick, Anthony Richardson, will be the Colts starting quarterback as they head into the regular season. This is after a just one game debut in the preseason against the Buffalo Bills that saw Richardson throw interception but still look solid at times. Richardson had been in the QB competition with Gardner Minshew, the veteran but that has come to an end. The Colts begin their season Sunday, September 10th against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Indianapolis. In Major League Baseball, the New York Yankees fell to 500 for the first time since May 1st. They've lost four straight games, and they are six and a half games out of the last wildcard spot in the American League. I'm Josh Neighbors for the Buzz Radio Network. Hey, Central Arkansas, are you getting piggy with it and ready for some football? Donate blood with Our Blood Institute at Select Mobile Blood Drives August 21st to the 27th. For your chance to win one of two grand prize football packages that include a pair of September 2nd Little Rock game tickets, one night hotel stay, and game day swag. All blood donors will receive a limited edition football themed t-shirt and a free ticket to Magic Springs. So get out on the gridiron and support your community. Visit obi.org slash events today. Today is the day. After countless hours of research, cutting back expenses, and nine months of anxiously waiting for her, today is the day you finally bring home... 
your new car. It's also the day to protect her with an auto policy from Shelter Insurance. Our policies are competitively priced and include new car replacement coverage if anything were to happen to your new baby. See Dan Cook in North Little Rock, Steve Fisher in Stuttgart, or Jay Vandover in Little Rock. Bank OZK has always strived for excellence. During every economic storm, through every season of hardship, and despite every obstacle, we've reached for greater. Because we know to achieve excellence, you've got to keep pushing, keep building, keep growing, and just keep going. At Bank OZK, we're reaching for greater heights so you can be greater than you can imagine. Visit a branch or OZK.com today. Bank OZK. Greater awaits. Member FDIC. Looking for a free event this summer for the whole family? Then check out Amplify Fest this Friday and Saturday, August 18th and 19th in Benton, just off I-30. Come enjoy great music, food, and games for the whole family. And gather with tens of thousands to hear a message of hope and encouragement from the nationally known artist. This is your opportunity to make lasting memories with your family before the summer ends. For more information and to reserve a free ticket, visit AmplifyFest.org. That's AmplifyFest.org. You don't want to miss this. See you there. If you're looking for the best midday sports talk show in all of the land, look no further than The Zone in the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio with Justin Akery and Wes Moore. been telling you the 2023s are flying out of Guatney Chevrolet right now. Here's why. Look at these August offers. 2023 Equinox, $2,500 off, 1.9% interest. A 2023 High Country, $6,000 off. And a 2023 Silverado RST, as much as $9,000 off. Here's another great offer. You can trade in an old cell phone whatever i mean it doesn't have to work just trade it in you get five hundred dollars off your ride five hundred dollar down payment just for trading in a cell phone right now new silverados and equinox 1.9 percent financing twenty five hundred dollar off that equinox go to the website guadichevrolet.com take a look at all the inventory decide which car you want then head to the gregory street exit in jacksonville and see our friends at guadney chevrolet it's been a tough off season for razorback athletics a couple of former stars the second all-time leading passer and now the second all-time leading rusher both passing away in tragic accidents brett bielema recruited and coached alex collins and uh was kind enough to join us to talk about his former player. Brett Bielema joining us in the zone, and Coach, appreciate the time. I wish it was under different circumstances, obviously, but uh, you know we were all shocked this week with the passing of Alex Collins. It's been a, honestly, as I'm sure you're aware, a tough summer for Arkansas fans. There have been a few significant losses in the Razorback family, but uh, when we're talking specific to Alex, certainly appreciate you coming on to visit with us about him, but what stands out to you? What are the things that uh, you, know, you remember the most about him? Well, uh, first of all, I'd say, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to spend, you know, five years there as a head coach and, and met a lot of former Razorbacks and obviously coached quite a few and the guys that have went on and done great things after I left. But the, I can promise you there isn't anybody that enjoyed being an Arkansas Razorback more than Alex Collins. Um, from the time I first took the job, um, I had recruited him for a couple of years at Wisconsin. And, uh, truth be told, he was probably heading there and then. Um, when when I made the transition, I, I reached out to him and made him and his family know right away that we were going to continue to recruit and hopefully get him there and from that point forward. So when he finally said yes, there's nobody that enjoyed more time there than Alex. What was special about him as a player? What stood out about his ability as a running back? You know, uh, it was very easy to see. He started recruiting him really in his sophomore year. Um, uh, he had the one thing that, uh, you know, obviously all running backs have to do. He had the ability to see things and make adjustments, but I would say some of the things that he did naturally uh, as, as, a, as a ball carrier, just his counter steps, his skip reads, his, his ability to sideline skinny and take the angle. Um, uh, when he unfortunately passed the other day, I think one of the obligations I have is to share his story with as many people that don't know it, right? And, and I'd actually used film of Alex 
when I'd recruited several running backs here to Illinois and, and, um, we were talking a lot about early down runs and, and I, I was at the end of my presentation and I just showed our guys the play against LSU it was a second and 10, second play to second quarter, uh, when we were fortunate enough to beat LSU at LSU and that was a play that gave us, I believe, a 14 point lead at the start of the second quarter and it was, it was a big day in Arkansas history, but, uh, for him, it was just kind of a routine run. He, he broke free, uh, took an angle, uh, and then ran for that pylon. There was a guy that was actually, I think, the 27th pick in the first round, DB out of LSU, that was trying to catch him and couldn't get him down. And, and that's just kind of Alex in a nutshell. He had the ability to make physical plays at the line of scrimmage, but when he got in the open field, he could also finish that run with a score. And he routinely did it and, and gave, a, gave a lot of success because of it. So a couple of near misses then. So luckily you came from Wisconsin to Arkansas, and then we all remember the signing day story. Obviously we don't have the details you did, but uh, I don't know how much of that yeah. you're willing to share, but it was obviously a bizarre turn of events on signing day. Everybody was a little bit puckered around here, and I'm sure you were too. But what are your <laughs> memories of that moment? You know, uh, honestly I wasn't concerned because I'd been with him the week before. Um, uh, as a head coach, you're allowed to go one time uh, to uh, a player's home. Um, um when I was at Alex's home visit um, in an area of Fort Lauderdale, I probably, uh, at that time, you know, had been in a couple times recruiting certain kids, but we were kind of wrapping up our call, and he goes, Coach, you want to take a walk in my neighborhood? Because you're asking me to come to yours, right? And, and I kind of laughed, and we took off down the street, and he and I just walked probably about two blocks and turned around and came back, and along that walk, you know, he said hi to some people, um, some of his neighbors, and he said, Coach, I wouldn't want you to walk this walk without me. And that was just kind of Alex telling me, hey, I'm going to come join you, but I want you to fully understand where I'm coming from. And, and from that time when I left that home visit, I knew he was coming to us. I knew there was going to be some some things. His mom, who loves him to death, and his family, obviously, you know, had a set of plans for him. They wanted him to kind of stay closer to home in Miami, and I get that. Like, you could never take away, you know, a, a, a young man and his love for his family. But I think Alex recognized that going to Arkansas would give him a chance to grow, right? And that's ultimately what he did and and you know I, I i know that uh there was a lot said about that day but actually charlie partridge i give charlie a lot of credit he he suggested we send two two sets of nils because he was worried something might happen to one of the uh, documents <laughs> if it got in the wrong hand so ironically we had another set of papers waiting on him and he just kind of had to walk through that moment with his family and fortunately signed with us soon thereafter and the rest is history and you know as much Great things are about Alex to remember on the football field. It's moments like that. Uh, he and I had a good story too about that. Not only why it was happening, but for years to come after. And uh, even to my last visit at his house when I went down there after his third year of playing, when he was trying to make the decision between staying another year and could really rewrite the risk of the history books and SEC rushing records uh, to going in the NFL. And obviously, he made the decision to jump to Seattle, but. Well, the night of his passing, John Snyder, the GM, and I, uh, John, FaceTimed me about 11 o'clock that night. We just shared Alex stories about his time together with all of us, and, and just he just left such an impression on so many people. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I was I was going back and looking through his history, Coach, and obviously, you know, the numbers speak for themselves, his performance, and I think the lasting impression he left with a smile and his attitude uh, is left with people, too. He got off to an interesting start. Uh, you know, again, you guys have won a huge recruiting battle. There was so much anticipation about him, and he had had a few runs, and then he goes and scores his first touchdown at War Memorial, and right out of the gate, Coach, he got in a little bit of trouble. You remember that play pretty well, I'm sure. Yeah. That was Alex at his best, man. He was always going to push the limit. Um, I really believe he was just so caught up in the moment. Uh, you know, I, I, I got a, a call from uh, Chris Bogdan, that obviously track coach there at, at, at Arkansas, and he tells a story that Alex was there on his recruiting visit, and uh, they had won a, a, a championship, and, and he literally got in the middle of the track team and called the Hawks, right? I remember at the catfish hole in his recruiting visit, we were kind of all just watching to see how he was going to handle everything, and he literally got up in a crowded restaurant and called the Hogs, right? Like, he just, he wore his passion on his sleeve. He was incredible in so many ways. Uh, uh, believe me, I had a lot of great conversations with him. I had some difficult ones as well. I always say as a head coach, you grow in more moments of, of tough conversations than you do in, in, in easy conversations because they come from a place of love, and I I loved him like uh, no other, but um, he gave a lot of love back, right? Like, there wasn't Anybody, I heard from uh, so many players that day. I, I, I remember I called Jay Will and Raleigh because those guys shared the backfield with them. I reached out to 
uh, Joel Thomas right away who coached him and, and uh, I heard from a lot of players that day. I heard from academic people. I heard from administration. I heard from people that touched his live in the NFL, right? I, I called uh, Coach Harbaugh and, and uh, the Seattle Seahawks when I found out. Um, I literally was on a Zoom call and I got a, a message from Doug Gatewood, his high school coach, who was instrumental in his life and his wife Beth and me were really, really close to him. And uh, I was, I saw that text come through and I'm like, I haven't talked to Doug in a while and he said, just reach out to me and then I literally went inside and I came out of another meeting and I saw a voicemail from Sam Pittman. So Sam had reached out to me and I just, I just had this uneasy feeling and then I made that call to Doug and that's when I found out and obviously we all dealt with it in our own unique ways. Yeah. Um, so I was also referring to the the first touchdown. He got a he got a celebration penalty, which was kind of cheap, oh, by yeah. the way. I went back and watched the video again, and you said he would never get another one. Did he ever get another one in his career? I don't remember. I I don't think so. Hmm. Um, I, I think he took that moment and ran with it. Uh, you know, he got famous in the NFL. He, he uh, uh, actually Doug's daughter was in Irish dance lessons, and yeah, that's what started that whole uh, Irish jig that he got going on. And and um, you know, he was always in the moment, um, but he's also a very reactive player, uh, a guy that handled it and reacted to his emotions. Uh, and my guess is that first score was going to be a penalty, whether I want to believe it or not. I think he had that Corey gap in his mind. So um, those are the great parts about being a part of his history. He was a big-time recruit out of Florida, and to get him to leave Florida to come to Arkansas, what did that mean to the program later on? You know, uh, obviously, each recruiting story is its own story. Um, I remember when I took the job at Arkansas, I, I walked off stage and, and called uh, Hunter Henry, who was right there in Little Rock, right, and talked to his mom and dad and explained to him about why we wanted to have him come and be a part of it. Obviously, it had legacy there, but, you know, then you turn around and make a phone call to Alex and let him know that his offer here at, at there at Arkansas was still good from the one I gave him at Wisconsin. And I knew, you know, right away from – just being around Alex the previous two years that, that he really believed in our system and what we did. And for me as a head coach, I built up a pretty strong relationship with him and, and the people around him. But I knew we had to assure him and his family that he'd be all right there. And uh, I had a, I had a pretty good feeling if we did what we're supposed to do and he saw what he saw. And uh, the more, you know, Arkansas was new to me too, man, you know, mm. so I kind of had to learn everything on the run. And uh, fortunately it ended up all working out. And, uh, you know, I, I, I know that decision when he left a year early was a tough one, but, it was one that gave a lot of detail and a lot of, a lot of thought into and uh, meant, meant so much to so many people on different levels. We're talking with Brett Bielema. Uh, coach, I think of his smile, you know, when I think of Alex Collins. And, and that smile, <laughs> I've heard stories that got him out of a lot of trouble. Did that smile work on you? Yeah, uh, I would say, you know, there are times where, um, you know, obviously we had to kind of be a voice to him that he didn't want to hear all the time. Um, uh, his uh, high school coach Doug and I had literally talked on a daily basis. Uh, you know, one of the things that I shared with my team, uh, you know, I, I, his first Pell Grant money, this is way before NIL, and we all know how much Arkansas loved him. He would have been a big NIL guy uh, if mm-hmm. that was the fake case back then, but he got his first Pell Grant check and he, he bought a motorcycle, right? And um, Doug and I had a conversation and, and, and I said, What do we do? And he said, Coach, you got to talk to him. You're there to listen to you, right? And I, I, I talked him into trying to get him to give me the keys, and, and I think I might have had him for a little bit, but he probably had another set, to be quite honest. And he he said he parked it. You know, he'd never taken a lesson on it. And, uh, you know, ironic moment in that whole thing is just I was trying to protect him from himself, you know. Um, uh, but I would say that smile, it, you know, it was so so infectious, contagious. My mom and dad, um, uh, he would always go up to him at the catfish hole or the radio show or whatever it was. Uh, he would pop up at different Arkansas events, basketball games, women's volleyball games, you name it, he was there. Uh, my wife and our, 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 my family immediately, like, he just always came up and gave them an embrace. And he was so lovable. When I called my wife to tell him the other day, it wasn't, it wasn't an easy communication. So just, yeah, it was, you know what you said, the thing, you know, unfortunately in this lifetime, I lost a, a sister early on in my life when I was 19 years old. And, one of the greatest things the pastor said to me at that time is always remember from what you had together, not the ending, right? So this was a very quick and abrupt and a sad ending, but for 28 years, he gave so much life into people uh, for, you know, the three brief years at Arkansas. He had an effect that I've literally in my, you know, 15 years as a head coach, not, not seen many guys be able to do, right? And that's what we've got to remember. Always live them in the moment. I promise you, anytime I have a story that involves him and it relates to anybody I currently have. I'll, I'll, I'll always tell them the story about 
Alex Collins and what he did because he, he has such an immediate and, and strong impact on people that, that, that can't be forgotten over the last 28 years. Talking to Brad Bailama again uh, here in the zone on the Brandon Moving and Storage Hotline. Uh, let me shift, if I could, Coach, just a couple of football questions, if you don't mind. We're getting ready for the upcoming season. And, you know, again, with some of the things we've been through, football almost seems irrelevant. But uh, coming off an 8-5 and five season for you guys and three, t- three games where you guys lost by a touchdown or less, so very close to having a, an incredibly special season. How are you feeling going into the fall? You know, I, I like this group. Um, we got a we got a good group of returning players. Uh, as you mentioned last year, eight five. We started off seven and one, and then unfortunately uh, down the stretch, uh, weren't able to close it out. I think we really emphasized to our players, you know, why some of those things could have happened. And as coaches, we really looked at what we've done. Um, you know, I, I think in general uh, we're built on some of the same principles I've always believed in. We have probably a pair of offensive linemen that might be the best guard tackle tandem and uh, best best guard tackle tandem in in. in in college football, they're really strong, really powerful, very athletic. Uh, we have two DNs that uh, literally have been nominated for every award known to man, and that, so the root of our program always starts up front with the O line and the D line. And now we got some skilled players. I got a couple of running backs that are very talented. We've got a QB transfer uh, out of Ole Miss who's kind of been uh, doing a lot of really good things. Excited about where he is. Uh, our best, uh, uh, our third best O lineman is probably a kid out of Mississippi that I really learned to recruit that state when I was at Arkansas. So, a lot of carryover into where we are now, and excited. We have a tough, challenging open. We got Toledo, which uh, is a, a good program, picked one of the best in the, uh, in the in the MAC, and could be a defending MAC champion title. We go to Kansas, who obviously you guys know a lot about. They've returned a lot of really good players, a great quarterback. So, a definite challenge in front of us, but one we're excited to have. Yeah, speaking of non-con, I was going to ask you too. Obviously, in the Big Ten, you guys play a nine-game schedule, and there was a lot of debate about going to a nine-game schedule at the SEC. They decided for the time to stay at eight. Do you like a nine-game schedule where you only have to schedule three non-cons, or, or do you prefer an eight? You know, uh, when it comes to scheduling, they don't ask football coaches a lot of questions, <laughs> right? They, you, you get handed that schedule. Um, I love the Big Ten. I love the you know it's a, it's a conference very similar to SEC. A lot of pride uh, when there's a, a lot of divisional play. A lot of things come into it. Um, we're, this is the last league, the last year of divisional play before we add USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon. So times are changing in a hurry. Um, obviously, the SEC had to, added uh, uh, Texas and Oklahoma. So college football is changing. Um, my guess is to get everybody on the same page, whether it, you know, it goes from eight to nine, and I've heard the possibility of even ten. Uh, I think everybody will be getting on the same page. College football is changing in so many ways. Every moment, every day, new news, new way of doing things, and and. Uh, the great thing is, I think as a head coach, you got to embrace where you're at, take advantage of the things that you can, um, maximize your strengths, minimize your weaknesses, and enjoy the day. And I, I absolutely love every day here at, at the University of Illinois, working with the people I work with. Um, you know, unfortunately, because of Alex's news, it was a great reminder to me. I probably heard from 30 to 40, maybe close to 50 players over the last two or three days. Just, just knew how much they loved him, how much I loved him, and, and brought us all together. Uh, you know, it, it was great. I hadn't talked to Jay Will in a couple, probably almost dang near close to a year, year and a half, and talked to him, even though it was a bad situation. Raleigh Williams, uh, you know, Kay Rich. I have a couple former Razorbacks. I have Kevin Richardson, who was a same classmate, same class uh, with Alex, that's uh, now here with us on defense. Uh, Grant Morgan, uh, who uh, was very close with, with Alex. Uh, Drew, who played for us there as well, was him and Alex were extremely close. So Grant spent a lot of time with Alex growing up. So, uh, uh, Tank Wright, my head strength coach, was a former player at Arkansas. Now my head strength coach, one of the best in the country. Uh, just, just a lot of great ties uh, to, to Alex and a lot of people that were affected by this week's news. How about a non-conference game, Illinois, Arkansas? How about a bowl game? That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah, you know we got a game scheduled with Missouri. Um, these games get scheduled so far out. Um, I actually thought last year the way the bowl season was playing out, uh, there might be a chance of that. Uh, you know. And, Obviously, still talk with Sam. Know a lot of a lot of people in that building still, and uh, communicate Dan Enos, who I think the world of the OC back there, right? I'm just so excited for him and the opportunity that he has there, and uh, you know the things that that are in front of him. And Sam's a tremendous person, tremendous coach. It's not surprising to see the the success he's had. So, obviously, a lot of good wishes that way, and uh, we'll never know how these things play out. But uh, you know, really appreciate the time, and always love my time at Arkansas. And look forward to. Uh, crossing paths with with people when we can. Can I ask you one last thing about Enos, Coach? Just the, the things that uh, stand out to you about him as a play caller and, and an offensive mind? You know, you know, Dan, if you really check his resume, the ability that he's had, the influence that he's had on, on the signal callers, the quarterback 
history, the players that he plays, I believe at one point there were three, if not maybe four quarterbacks that he had during his tenure at Michigan State that were in the NFL um, and, the, and the longevity of it. it. It's just crazy, the impact. And then as an offensive play caller, uh, you know, I've now seen him grow when he was at Maryland. I know when he had time at Miami, uh, a really, really good ball coach. One of, one of my true uh, joys of being around uh, while, while I was there at Arkansas. Him and his wife, Jane, are awesome, awesome people. And, you know, him and Sam obviously shared a little bit of time together. Obviously, it must have felt good while they were there. There's not a lot of times where, where people get brought back or where, they, where things didn't work out, right? So it's, it's going to be fun to watch that unfold. I know you got a very talented offense, and you got a quarterback that, from what I've been told, I haven't spent a lot of time studying, but he's a great player, and I think for Dan's influence on him, he'll see the rewards of that in the future, not just this year, but for his lifetime in, in football. For sure. Coach, thank you for your thoughts on uh, Alex Collins. Really appreciate uh, your perspective and also uh, good talking a little football with you. Good luck this fall. I appreciate you very much. I appreciate it, gentlemen. Woo Pig and ILL. All right. Take Thanks, care. Coach. Thanks, Coach. Give us a little Woo Pig at the end there. That's Brett Bielema joining us in the zone. Good to hear from him. And we are uh, kind of got a little awry on our clock, but that's okay. We'll move some things around and make it work. But it was nice of him to come on and, again, tip the cap to our buddy Richard Davenport for helping to facilitate that. And also a pat on the back to Brett Bielema for after a conflict yesterday coming on with us today. That was really nice for him to make it happen. Didn't have to do that. And, again, he's got uh, he's got a lot of things to get to. But that was nice. And it obviously shows you how much he thought of Alex Collins to make the time for us. Yeah, he, he said he feels the responsibility uh, from now on to tell stories about Alex Collins whenever it applies to the situation to, to share his memory and uh, his life to everyone that uh, needs to know about Alex Collins. Yeah, losing teammates or players at... I was at a funeral on Saturday with yeah. Charles, and it stinks. Yeah, and it's really sucks. And so we get to celebrate the good things. So that's, a, yeah, that's what's great. He went. Just, that's pretty young, though. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, in, and it hurt. You know, Charles was sixty. I mean, twenty-eight. Good lord. Both young in my book nowadays. Yeah, as well, I look, the older yeah. I get. Sixty. I'm looking at sixty. Going, man. You know. It's the new ninety, right? Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> or the new no, the, I'm going the wrong way. The new forty. The new forty. <laughs> Thank you, Wes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, going back to the like the North Carolina game and you yeah, know, some of his moments. It was good to see some some retrospectives on his career too. Yeah. Yep. Good dude, man. Yeah. Going to be missed. Appreciate Coach Bielema again, and uh, Joe Klein is here for a little while longer. we got Kevin Kelly coming up. We're going to talk to Michael Felder today. Mm-hmm. Our buddy Mac is coming up from Tito's. They are the sponsor of the Pickleball Tournament coming up on Friday. Let's it see is if I can get Tito's just like to sponsor you personally. Sponsor my family. Yeah, it'd be good. <laughs> the best of the best tournament, the 23 state championship coming up at the Athletic Club, Little Rock Athletic Club on Friday. We're going to be over there live watching it all take place. There's allegedly some kind of celebrity gathering or whatever we are. Uh, for pickleball competition prior to like the people who are good at it going at it. I haven't heard details, but I'm down to clown. Coach Kelly and I want to smash you two big, big people. You don't want none. You knew the risks when you decided to drive drunk. There could be a crash. People could get hurt or killed. But that didn't stop you, did it? You knew you could get arrested. You could incur huge legal expenses. And you could possibly even lose your job. You were well aware of the consequences of driving drunk, but one thing's for sure, 